This podcast is sponsored by Rawork. Rawork is not only the name of a yarn base, but also the name of a shop in Munich. The yarn is 100% merino, sourced from a single farm and spun in a family-run mill just south of Munich in the beautiful Kimgau area. The fundamental principle behind Rawork wool lies firmly in working with and not against Mother Nature. The name Rawork stands for fresh fields, the beauty of untouched nature and the purity of the yarn. The brand represents the journey of the wool from the very first appearance of the lambs at the farm through the care and respect of the farmers down to the shearing and spinning of the wool itself. That's lovely, isn't it? It really is. More details at raworkwool.de. So that's R-A-U-W-E-R-K-W-O-L-L-E dot D-E. And welcome to POMCAST, the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly. I'm Lydia Gluck. I'm here as I am pretty much every month with Sophie Scott. Hi, welcome to the POMCAST. Great to have you here. <laughs> uh, I'm now a cheesy game show host. <laughs> it's great to see you all. Great to see you. Great to be here. <laughs> well, it is uh, great to be here with you guys, whether you are new or whether you are long-term POMCAST listeners. We're happy to have you. Um, in this lovely summer month, end of summer month. Indeed. Weather chat. Weather chat. <laughs> <laughs> Weather chat. Uh, last podcast, we kept talking about how hot it is, and now it has rained. Uh, so we're back to normal as a London uh, slash English uh, setup for this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're nice and cozy in the POM office uh, HQ, which is in London. There might be a little bit of background noise as people settle into the uh, offices around us. So uh, that's just part of the fun journey. So join in with that. Yeah, it's like you're here with us, with the uh, with the chatty neighbours. Exactly. So grab your knitting. Uh, this podcast is, what can you expect? We can expect news about the magazine Pom Pom Quarterly. Uh, if you haven't guessed from the puntastic podcast name, it's all about pom, pom, pomcast. <laughs> uh, so we've got news about all the pom publications where you can find us in the world and what we'll be doing. We're also talking about what we're up to. That's uh, me, Sophie and Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, our trials and tribulations are the fibre and fun of what it is to be a knitter, to be a maker uh, in this audio format. <laughs> That's a pretty good sum up. Thanks. And of course, uh, we also have our text files mm-hmm. segment and round off the episode with top three. Yeah. One of our longest standing and most appreciated and silliest segments. So come along, join us. Why not? We like to start the podcast with just a little like catch up of what we've been doing. And we've, we went to a lovely wedding, which might interest you guys because Eli, who has been our long uh, standing producer, editor, supporter, mm-hmm. Uh, conversation snipper, shall we say. Performer of, of uh, you know, live readings. Indeed, you may remember him for the Halloween episode uh, a couple of years ago. Also, you might have seen him at POMFest. Uh, he helped with our POMCast Live. We've had a recording of that, which you've probably listened to as well. He's a good, all-round good-time guy. And now he's married. Yeah! Yeah, so we were very, uh, very lucky to our first um, POMCast wedding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, cause those of you who do listen, uh, to the podcast regularly or have done or have just caught up recently, perhaps you'll know that Eli had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, in you've gone through October. the whole journey. You've gone through the whole journey. And yeah, so the wedding, um, was in Devon mm-hmm. on a rainy, rainy day. It <laughs> rained for at least 90% of the wedding, <laughs> which considering the crazy hot summer we've had did seem a little, um, unlucky, but, um, 
in many ways, could be lucky. Much yes. like when a bird poops on your head. Indeed. And <laughs> it did not dampen our spirits. It didn't. Um, there was... It was just a wonderful day, I think. Uh, it's fair to say the food was tasty. Yeah. The music was fun. It's a nice, relaxed, uh, you know, Eli and Tilly, who's his good lady wife. Uh, they're very cool and groovy and relaxed. And I think the whole uh, vibe of the day just reiterated that, uh, you know, cool and groovy is their optimum <laughs> <laughs> their optimum function <laughs> and uh, they both looked fabulous yeah and glorious uh, uh, and were wonderful hosts yeah his uh, sister DJ do you know I don't know if they were joking but like they said that Jenny's DJ name was DJ No Requests <laughs> yeah so Jenny Block who was actually the um, model of issue two of Pom Pom yeah, yeah. So, you know, we like to work with the friends and family where possible, or definitely did when we first started out. And uh, we were kind of bootstrapping the whole thing. Um, uh, Jenny always likes to tell the story because she's actually allergic to wool. So it was quite a, it was quite a big thing for her to model wearing knitwear all day. But yes, she DJed under the name No Requests. Um, she's That's a wonderful fun. musician in her own right. Um, oh, she's the other half of goodgirlonabadtime.com. She is. Sorry, we always say yeah. .com. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's Eli and his sister Jenny who do the... When Eli's not making like uh, techno tunes for this podcast, <laughs> he's making beats with Jenny. Anyway, we're just getting like whole links. Sort of going round and round, aren't we? But the point is that we went to a very nice wedding. We enjoyed very much. And congratulations to Eli and Tilly. Any other recent endeavors or news? Uh, I've been trying to learn how to make bread, and I've made one really horrible loaf, and <laughs> then I also made some cement, which I had to throw away. So. <laughs> Cement. It was. Oh, I was like, why is this stuff becoming elastic and velvety? And it was just. Is it like that episode? There's an episode of the young ones where they eat like wallpaper paste for dinner, basically just like oh. flour or water. It's really terrible. I mean, it wasn't far off. Um, so I've, I'm on a steep learning curve, a yeasty learning curve, <laughs> learning how to bake bread. Uh, so more on that next episode, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I guess it's one of those things like um, where when you mostly do things you're really good at, you forget or not, or you know goodish and mm. you forget what it's like to not know how to do something but as jake from adventure time says sucking yes. at something is the first step to being really good at something exactly and you know wasting flour i mean you know it's not great but there's more expensive things i could be wasting <laughs> true <laughs> if you get to pick a new hobby to yeah. waste food from <laughs> that's not that's not great that's not the uh, aim of learning bread but no uh, but i i look forward to eating delicious bread that you have baked one, one day one day what have you been up to well, I went to a festival, um, mm. which I haven't done since my early 20s. Um, I sound like I'm in my late 20s. I'm in my early 30s, in fact. Well so it's been quite a... Thank you. I'm very proud of my progression into my 30s. I think it's the right direction to move in. Um, I think I might follow that direction. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we'll keep in touch on yeah. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went to Shambhala Festival, which is quite a sort of hippy-dippy, smallish festival in... I think Leicestershire and <laughs> I don't know I got on a bus and I arrived there so it was all quite abstract for me um, unfortunately it rained but fortunately there was a lot of very pleasant daytime programming I'm not much of a staying up all night kind of person I maybe do it I mean all night I stay up late a few times a year maybe uh, I like to go to bed early <laughs> New Year's Eve and that's it and that's pretty much it I mean that's pretty accurate um, so I knew that I wouldn't necessarily be you know up very, very late listening to all the musics, but I did enjoy some very interesting daytime talks. I watched a film. 
I went to a Welsh folk singing workshop. Mm. I also did see some pretty amazing music uh, and overall had a very nice time. I also um, went to a sauna. It was a fancy festival. I'm not going to lie. Very fancy. It was pretty fancy, but also I think my priorities were fancy. You know, I, I was like, no, I want to like be chilled and like feel clean. And also the food there was delicious. I ate really, really well. A festival where you find fancy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was very fun. That does sound fun and fancy. Mm -hmm. Well, do you fancy talking about uh, what's going down in the POM world right now? Always. So it's a bit of a roller coaster regarding issue 26. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you're on for the along for the ride, guys. Yeah. So uh, last episode, we were saying how issue 26 is coming soon. It's just about to sort of uh, go on pre-order when uh, you would have listened to this podcast last month. Well, what an incredible, like overwhelming and uh, historical response in the Palm world in the fact that we sold out in about two weeks. Yeah. So um, we have in the past sold out of issues um, before the next issue arrived. For example, issue 18 sold out quite fast. Issue 25 sold out quite fast. But issue 26 really did sell out fast. (laughs) And we were just like, well, we want to say thank you to everybody who for such a wonderful response to the magazine, both you individual types buying it, you subscribers, single issue buyers, and all our wholesalers. You know, thank you so much to everybody. Um, You know, it's a nice feeling that everybody was so excited about that issue. And we have never before reprinted an issue. We looked into it. Crunched those numbers. Crunched the numbers. And we weren't sure that we should reprint it. Um, and then... <laughs> we thought, well, why run a small business if you can't make snap decisions and change your mind? And we thought, once in a blue moon, Pom Pom should get reprinted. So we're reprinting the moon issue. There is now um, a pre-order live on the website... So if you didn't get a print copy first time round, then lucky you, you can now get a copy. So um, let's talk about some of our favourites. If you haven't, if you've missed it, if you've been under a rock and you haven't seen the moon, <laughs> then uh, we should tell you a little bit more about issue 26 because it is moon themed. It's a moon issue. Mm-hmm. And the front cover has a silver foil. Ooh la la. So it's uh, shiny. shiny. Like the moon. Like the moon. We uh, asked our designers to sort of be inspired sort of midnight tones and very, like, beautiful moon themes. But it's not, like, too thematic in the moon sense. There's some, like, less literal interpretations, I suppose. Yeah, I think we've got a good mix of very literal ones, like the cover star, which is an incredible colourwork jumper, for those who haven't seen it, featuring moon phases and stars. And, you know, it's pretty... That one's pretty, like, moon. Look at this moon jumper. <laughs> and that front cover, if you want to look at the jumper, it's Eshell, which is by Catherine Clark. And also just a reminder, of course, you can find everything on Ravelry when we talk about pom-pom patterns. But we also have a blog post on the pom-pom website where you can find the show notes and double check anything we talked about. Um, so what are your two knit Must patterns? Must knit. Uh, on a knit to know basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love Sky Map by Emily Foden which is, in essence, a delicious tube of mohair. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, using Emily's yarn, because Emily, of course, is the dye behind Viola yarn, so mm-hmm. it's her my- Viola lace uh, mohair. And so, yeah, you knit a beautiful long uh, tube of mohair, which is you know makes a lovely wrap slash scarf, and then she's embroidered through the two layers of the tube 
uh, sort of to sandwich it in place mm-hmm. um, with lots of little star details. So you can make your own mm. little constellation by sewing through, embroidering uh, on the wrap. I think that's lovely. It's very beautiful. And um, I had thought about maybe weaving Oh, a version of that and then embroidering it. But Would you still the, do it as the tube? Or? No, I'd, I'd make just like the single flat, uh-huh. flat piece of fabric, I think. So it wouldn't be quite as squishy. Um, I don't think my loom is wide enough for okay. me to make a good, a good tube. <laughs> uh, yes, any, any others on your top? Uh, I just want to say more about SkyMap and of the course. fact that I was excited <laughs> that it was just uh, knitting, basically. It's just like, sometimes mm. I love just settling into just a good bit of stockinette and... Yeah. That I've got a lot of respect for. I also love uh, Artemis, which is by Esther Romo, which uh, has like a gold crescent uh, scoop on the back. It's like a midnight blue um, using like the Shibui Knits kind of mohair and uh, the Kima, is it? Sima. Sima by uh, Shibui. So holding those two together. And then it's got like a glittery gold, yeah, this like cowl like scoop back. <gasps> Gorgeous. Yes. Very yeah. excited about that. I like that one too. And, and again, it's a fair bit of, you know, there's like interesting details, but there's also a fair bit of stockinette to be, yeah. you know, getting on with. But then it's got that lovely kind of fluffy drapiness. Yeah. And I feel it's like a, a more classic kind of look. Like the we were talking about the front cover and mm. the fact that's like a statement. They're like, look at my jumper. But this is a more kind of like, oh, I made it. Didn't you know? Like subtle classic. It's a bit more chill. You know, a bit more chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would really like to make um, Hecate. Mm-hmm. Which is a beautiful wrap designed by Maddie Harvey, um, knit in woolen flower yarn. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a sort of parallelogram shape. And the main yarn is a, a woolly, um, you know, kind of sticky woolly, a woolly wool. And it's got a a sort of motif of little crescent moons in mohair. Mm -hmm. It's just very, very beautiful. And again, it's like you can see the little crescent moons, but also they're just little kind of shapes. So it's great. Moon, you know, you can wrap yourself in little crescent moons. Um, Mo and hair, mo knitting. Exactly. And I happen to have um, yarn that I can use in stash, which is always a how handy, a bonus. Um, I would also, I am also interested in making Artemis. Mm-hmm. But uh, finally, I think I am very likely to make the Cena mitts, uh, which by Amy Phillip, which are, I mean, they're very cute. But I just love, I love how cute they are. They're mittens. And, and each mitten um, has like a half moon on it in the palm. And when you hold your hands together, you have a full moon. It really, it's really, really cute. And they're just so lovely. And because um, the technique used is a sort of double knitting intarsia, very similar to Anna Maltz's Marlisle technique, you've got, um, you know, two strands being used throughout, which will mean that they're extra cosy as well. Um, we know, which is a pro. Yeah, because if you're going to be wearing mittens, you probably want your hands to be warm. Yeah. Um, so, of course, issue 26 always has uh, all the fun pom bits you can expect. So we've got articles with uh, Anna Maltz, who's our resident columnist. Um, a great recipe, which I've actually made already mm. uh, by Rebecca Lawrence, which is for a Dutch baby. Which <laughs> is a funny name. <laughs> it's a funny name, which is kind of like a big pancake. Um, it's great. You just make up a little batter. Mm. It's kind of like making a big Yorkshire pudding. I love Yorkshire pudding. So you make that. And then add loads of fruit on top. It's great. Awesome. Um, and we have a, a little tutorial by Emily Foden on how to make beautiful moon garlands, which, I mean, if you came to Pomfest, you'll see that she had decorated her booth with them. They're a lot of fun to make and like easy, but kind of impre- like they just look really great. 
Sometimes to... it's just nice to have pretty things for the sake of being pretty. Exactly. Sometimes you just want to decorate your bedroom with moons. Yeah. So you can find issue 26 either at your local yarn shop or on our website. Check it out. with enough POM there's more POM coming because issue 27 which is our winter issue uh, will also be available sort of end of October beginning of November and that is uh, guest curated uh, edited shall we say by Nora Gorn none other than uh, yeah the Nora Gorn yes the Nora Gorn who's famous for her uh Cable capabilities. Indeed. Oh, should put that in the magazine. Cableabilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the knits are probably as you'd expect. There's a lot of intricate patterning, some really unusual details. Um, there's a lot of interesting sleeve details. Mm-hmm. These are like patterns that you know, if you've been waiting for like the really like showstopper knit, it's going to be like your project but even more like your kind of commitment for this winter mm. like the thing you're like right this is the this is the thing this is the yeah. knit guys. this is what i've been working towards yeah. this is why i learned to knit right yeah so you're gonna have like amazing tailoring mm. and like you say amazing cable detail yeah. like this is something you're gonna get you're gonna be excited guys yeah and uh, these are the kind of knits that i mean i think this about most <laughs> most things we publish but these really th- are things that you couldn't get in shops at yeah. all they're like very very um you know, you can only make these by hand. Mm-hmm. They're really, really special and really inspiring, yeah. all of them. I think, yeah, maybe if you are thinking like, whoa, I don't want to do the statement knit. I've had enough of cables. Within that, there are, there's still like uh, some more bite-sized pieces, shall yeah. we say? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just as a whole like inspirational issue mm. to sort of see Nora work with these designers. So Nora's done one of the designs, but also she sort of brought other people on board with the, the team. Um, just to sort of see this as a whole piece. Yeah, we're, we're really excited, guys. Yeah. yeah, it's a really exciting collaboration. So yeah, keep an eye out for more more on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess in other news, we'll be at various shows mm-hmm. in the upcoming uh, autumn and winter months. Yep, so Yarndale, which is a favourite for us. Uh, you've probably seen us there many years before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yarndale is the 29th and the 30th of September, and that's in Skipton in Yorkshire. Woo! Yeah, lovely part of the world. Um, so we look forward to seeing you there. We might have some issue 26, I can't promise. But... <laughs> yeah. So if, you know, with this reprint, we're selling pre-orders. Um, so, you know, you can snap those up and, you know, ideally we have some left in a month's time. <laughs> yeah. If not, we'll be there with samples. Of course, we always love to see you. We'll have some fun stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the books we do. Um, also, at uh, the same weekend... If you can't make it to Yorkshire, then why not head to Canada? And you can go to uh, Knit City. Uh, we'll be there teaming up with Julie Asselin. Yeah. So uh, she's an amazing bomb person as well. Um, and also we're hosting a quiz, which tickets now are unfortunately sold out. But uh, if you manage to get tickets for the Knitty quiz that we're doing, Megan Fernandez, our co-editor, she'll be running that. And I know Megan loves a quiz. so She's an excellent quiz master. Yeah. Uh, it was long Megan's dream to conduct a knitting-themed uh, pub-style quiz, mm-hmm. and Megan is living her dream. She's yep. living her best life. Exactly. 
And then Ryan Beck, of course, which we've mentioned a couple of times before, which I'm sure is in several of your diaries, uh, not only if just to look at everyone's activity on Instagram, which is what I did last year <laughs> instead of going to Ryan Beck, um, but we'll be there, uh, obviously, with the new issue 27. We'll also be there with Emily Foden's new book, Knits About Winter, which is our collaboration with Emily, the diet behind Viola. She sort of dropped hints a couple of times about this, but mm-hmm. uh, this is the date you can get in your diary to get your the copy there. Obviously, pre-orders will be coming soon. It's a lot of information, guys. If you miss yeah. any of this, it's <laughs> going to be on the blog. Um, also, another date for your diary in November, speaking about Knits About Winter, We'll be having uh, an exclusive book launch in Loop Knitting of London. You may recognise it. Uh, The 17th of November, where Emily will be signing books. We're going to have uh, the samples. It's going to be a little party. Mm -hmm. There'll be tickets available from Loop Knitting website, not from us. Um, And also Loop Knitting are hosting several classes that Emily will be running sort of around the themes of the book and... uh, yeah, it's going to be a special night. If you can't make it, there'll be several trunk shows making their way across the world at some point with Emily's uh, patterns. Mm-hmm. And as ever, if you can't make it, then you can join us via the magical power of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're really excited about, well, all of the new things. And we hope that uh, you are excited about them too. And we hope that if we do get to see you, you tell us you're a pomcat because we like meeting the pomcats Indeed at the shows. We do. Oof, there was a lot of news. Now let's move on to Tell and Tell, where we tell each other and uh, you guys what we've been knitting. Lydia, what have you been making? <laughs> well, um, I've been making... This is sort of the same as last time. I feel like I keep saying that I'm making things that I can't be too... Um, that I can't tell you too much about because they are from top secret projects. You're wary um, about the sherry. <laughs> exactly. Um, weary about the sherry. No, that's sheep. <laughs> when you get tired of being a shepherd yeah um so i've been making it's scary about the wary you don't you're allergic to knitwear you don't wear it <laughs> um scurry about the worry that's not a thing yeah it's a mouse scurrying anyway so i've been making some things from emily's book and by things i mean socks and by socks, I mean the same pattern repeatedly. I've now made three pairs of this particular sock. And I can confirm that they are good socks and fun to make. Reassuring. <laughs> yes. Um, I've also been working on some uh, samples for another project that we will probably tell you about in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh, top secret fun. Could we say we begin to show you about this? That's yes, a clue, we guys. could say that it. you will learn more about how to start knowing about this book next mm. time anyway so, answers yeah. on a postcard as talking about. <laughs> um yeah and that's been keeping me busy the uh the project that we have on the download so i haven't had so much time for um other exciting for example sewing projects unfortunately mm-hmm. how about yourself uh well last episode i was saying it was too hot to knit so i was knitting baby hats Mm -hmm. uh now it's a little bit cooler i've progressed onto baby blankets (laughs) Um, which you know slightly warmer and i have found a great knitting pattern which is basically i feel now i feel so strongly about it i've not even finished it but i'm like this is going to be my go-to pattern Mm. for baby blankets now and it's a tin can knits pattern it's called the waffle blanket and delicious that's what i think about it one of those patterns that once you knit like 
two lines of the stitch repeat, you're like, okay, I've got this. And then it's like that, you know that bit when you're cycling and then you like, just like freewheel, it's like, yeah, it doesn't make that noise. And you're like, (laughs) oh, I've got this. And you just know the stitch pattern. Mm. You're like, this is what I came for. This is what I want to be able to knit when I'm watching telly. Mm. So um, I'm feeling pretty zen about that. And I'm using really nice squishy yarn, Malabrigo Rios, Mm. machine washable for those babies. Yeah, perfect. And yeah, I feel a lot of satisfaction with that right now. And it's a nice uh, bright orange colour, which I feel must be quite uh, motivating and zesty. Indeed. It's called glazed carrots, and I am well into that. (laughs) I'm very happy that the mum who I'm knitting for was like, yeah, bright orange. I was like, okay, I got you. Definitely do that. Um, also trying to think about getting a sky map on the needles and, uh, you know, some issue 27 things I might have like ruminating, but, uh, I just want to, I'm trying to be a bit more monogamous with my knitting. Mm. So I need to get this like last of the blanket finished, but, uh, yeah, mm. I'm pretty cool and groovy about that. Cool and groovy is the operative words. Of course, if you are knitting things yourself and we're sure you are, Join in on the Ravelry forums, because uh, we always like seeing what you're knitting. We have an autumn knit along, where you can enter any project you're knitting, which is, as long as it's from a pom-pom magazine or book or publication sort of thing. If you haven't entered it before, pop it in the finished object thread of the autumn knit along, and uh, you can win a wonderful prize. More details on the Ravelry forums. <laughs> So after news comes reviews. Reviews, yes. We are looking at a fantastic yarn from Railwork, who is our sponsor this episode. So the yarn we're reviewing is, I've actually worked with it myself. I used it for a project uh, for a shawl. Um, so this yarn um, is available as the natural sort of fleece. Um, and it's available as a naturally dyed yarn. They work with a range of natural dyers, uh, Moleview Yarns, mm. Hey Mama Wolf, the Natural Fibre Company, um, to sort of, uh, you know, dye this fleece. Yeah, add, add colour to the, to the natural colours. As is the custom. Um, so the colour we're looking at is like a fantastic blackberry yarn. Mm. It actually matches the jumper you're wearing. Oh yeah. Closely. I do love this colour. <laughs> yeah. It's um, a Sophie colour. Yeah. So it's 100% merino wool. Um, and the thing about raw work, which I think is the special thing, is that the, the way they source and spin their yarns, it's one of those, um, the fantastic thing we're seeing so much in the knitting community where people are, you know, having such uh, attention to the source of the mm, yarn. Yeah. So this is sourced and spun in Bavaria. Um, and as you know, you've probably listened to the sponsor message. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sort of really committed to having a, a good ethical and sustainable working uh, environment with the the sheep and all the way through to the finished project. Uh, product, sorry. Yeah, and I think um, obviously the dyers they work with, um, many of them are natural dyers and use, therefore, plants and, and similar items to add colour to the fleece, which I think mm-hmm. is lovely and kind of continues that very um, outdoorsy and natural feel. Yeah. It says on the label, eco-friendly and ethical yarn, which I think sums it up. Um, <laughs> so working with this yarn, it's uh, some facts for you. It's a two-ply woolen spun and it's 100 grams to 200 and 20 meters so it's kind of like a worsted like heavy dk mm-hmm. um the pattern i used it for which i really loved was um a shawl by sylvia mcfadden called uh, gentle people Aww. and it has a nice 
garter stitch um, kind of bands. Mm. And I really felt this yarn lent itself well to this because it's so spongy. The fact that it's woolen spun, you get mm. a lot of air in the fiber. Yeah, sort of the, the woolen spun nature of this yarn, it sort of gave it a, a nice soft stitch de- definition. Mm. I sort of would love this for sort of uh, cozy jumpers and shawls. It's something mm. that you're going to want to wear to kind of... Mm, I'm just kind of like wrapping myself She's up making cozy it. faces. Mm. <laughs> um, working with it, I found that, you know, sometimes woolen spun that you can... has kind of like a more gentle kind of handle. Didn't mm-hmm. have any problems with that. Um, and the colour, you know, such the richness of this didn't do all, alternating of dye lots, which mm. um, normally you would, but it was uh, all dandy with that. So what can I say? You know, it's light, it's warm, it's airy without being um, too floofy, too floofy, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, sometimes we like that in the yard. Um, I think it's great. It's like so exciting that Railworks worked with all these uh, natural dyers. Uh, hey Mama Wolf, who she does a lot of work with, of course, uh, designed uh, the Moonbow Jumper in 26. She also wanted to check out that. Really <laughs> um, so yeah, we're really excited to uh, be working with Railworks to uh, sort of play around with this yarn a bit more um, we recommend you check it out obviously they have the shop as well in munich if you find yourself over that part of the world yeah and obviously on top of the fact that it's great yarn to work with and comes in wonderful colors both natural and unnatural no hand dyed <laughs> um it's lovely to know that so much thought and time has been put into making sure it's sustainable or as sustainable as it can be and as ethical as it can be and i really like that kind of very transparent process um yeah and just that level of attention to making sure that the impact of the wool is um very positive mm. we'll have more details on the blog post so we invite you to check that out and of course see all the lovely photos of this yarn as well podcast we'd have an interview um it's the summer holidays many people are enjoying them and uh, so for this podcast we don't have our usual enjoyable chat rambles with another knitter you'll just have to make do with our enjoyable chat rambles with each other yeah but we'll uh next month when we're all back to school mm-hmm. <laughs> with it, you know it's going to be september and all that uh we'll be back to our usual mid-segment of interview especially uh with yarndale rhinebeck it's where, it's where all the knitters hang out. We'll be uh, catching one in a big net and uh, chatting to them. <laughs> They're butterflies. That's, that's the analogy. <laughs> okay. So next we have the segment uh, which involves us singing a famous theme song. Are you ready? Yep. It's text files. The truth is out there. And we want to believe. Uh, wait, someone sent me something funny about that. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jemima, who uh, is our tech editor, funnily enough, she uh, said, I'm listening to the new podcast, uh, Pomcast, she uses the official term, and she says, all I want to say is, I want to ba leave, and there's emoji of a sheep. 
Ah, oh, she's good. She's good. Thanks, Jemima. That's a very important Sorry. addition. <laughs> I did promise you a shout out, so there you go. Because um, how did we miss that? How did we miss that? Um, so text files, yes, you haven't uh, come along for this already. We're unpicking the rich theme that is the textiles, phrases of the world, and finding a little bit more about their meaning and their um, existence, how they came to be mm-hmm. uh, such a phrase. This episode, we're looking at the phrase man of the cloth. Interesting. Okay. What would uh, what would that mean to you if I use that? If you said man of the cloth, I would think uh, maybe religious official of mm-hmm. the Christian persuasion, for mm-hmm. example, vicar. Yes. Uh, mainly vicar. I feel like I would think of uh, not a bishop or pope, for example, more like a uh, your friendly local um, church keeper. Right. Um, or just somebody who was of a very moral, um, upstanding persuasion, perhaps. Right. Well... Um, we did a little digging uh, about uh, the etymology mm-hmm. of this phrase, and it's originally a term that was applied to anyone who wore a uniform. Oh, so uh, any old uniform? Any old. Uniform. <laughs> you think of a, a baker's white jacket? Oh. Uh, that would be the in his trousers. That would be a baker's cloth. Mm. Um, but by the 17th century, uh, a man of the cloth uh, came sort of more specific to the use of the clergy, and expression the cloth meant the clergymen collectively. Oh, okay, like. Ah, interesting. So it stopped meaning a specific outfit and started referring to anyone who wore that outfit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, there's a special word for that when I studied linguistics. There's a special word for something that is a thing that you talk about that represents, for example, if you talk about the crown mm-hmm. and you mean the queen or like the royal establishment. Mm-hmm. This is the same kind of... Um, type of usage of course i cannot remember the technical <laughs> term for this but the point is that i at some time did know that oh that's that's very interesting i also i can see your notes here i've sneaked a little peek oh yeah and i can see that um this uh some of your research came from morris dictionary of word and phrase origins mm-hmm. by william and mary morris so thank you uh, to william and mary morris for uh, <laughs> helping us uncover the uh a little bit more helping us to lift the lid the fabric lid on this phrase Draw the curtain, if you oh, will. Lift <laughs> the fabric lid. Yeah, that's <laughs> but I'm just enjoying the fact that this cloth-based uh, phrase um, was categorised and catalogued by one a famous uh, cloth printer and designer, textile designer. It's the short version. William Morris. It's not the William Morris, though. Is it not? No, because this book was written in 1977. Oh, but then why is it called the same thing? <laughs> yeah, good point. I didn't read for... Well, that's fun. We can keep that in. as like Lydia can't read to the end of a sentence and put two and two together. Well, I'm glad that William Morris II was named after William Morris I and knew by his nominative determinism that his task in life was to categorise cloth-related phrases only. And I'm sure that if we look at this book which has a very broad name. Yeah. In fact, it is all about William Morris, the first related right. phrases. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I just put an official footnote, like, 1977. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh, I don't think it's actually written oh, by William boy. Morris. <laughs> oh, dear. Well. <laughs> all right. Well, that was text files. If you have anything you want us to research and uh, to check in with William Morris, we'll get him on the blower <laughs> to uh, quantify our textile thoughts. And he'll be like, more flowers. No, it needs to be more, more pounds. <laughs> more uh, birds. More birds. Less birds. More beautiful. More useful. Um, <laughs> and yes, we will be back next week with another text files. Ooh, 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 ooh. I want to bar leave. <laughs> Top three. 
Uh, we like to uh, rank things. <laughs> what is top? We'll decide. <laughs> Emojis. They're new. <laughs> yeah, they just got it. They're just a new thing, right? We both just got smartphones and have figured out how to use emojis. I mean, if you haven't come across emojis, they are pictorial representations of emotions, emoticons. Of, yeah, various things such as emotions or items that you may want to talk about. Uh, fruit and vegetables. Yep. Sports. Uh, household items. Yep. Popularized through the use of smartphones, but mm-hmm. indeed they can be found via emails. Yes. And other text-based uh, electronic applications, which I can't think of right now. <laughs> of which there may be many more. Yeah. Uh, I was introduced to emojis by my mother. I remember when I said my first emoji. <laughs> I do. I remember my mum figured out how to use them. And I was like, whoa, how'd you do that? It was all very exciting. So whether you use emojis or not, maybe you're pro-emoji, maybe you're anti-emoji. Pro, Pro-emoji. Pro-emoji. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> you can come along and listen to us say our fave. Um, why not? Why don't I go first? Why don't you? Why don't I? Um, I, I am going to go with number three. Mm-hmm. Sparkles. Ah, uh, yes. Like the little gold, there's like too many stars. Mm-hmm. Just like, why not add a dose of magic to your text message? And so for you... That's particular, because I've, I don't know about you, but I find emojis to have idiosyncratic and personal uses as well as more generally accepted ones. True. So do you feel like when you use that, it has a very particular Sophie based meaning or just like um, general sparkle magic time? I mean, I bring my own brand of sparkle magic time do. to any text to everything or you do. Uh, social occasion. Uh, so yes, I feel I'm bringing that certainly, but I think it's also just, it kind of adds a certain lightness to the message. Like, mm. It's like a better version of a smiley face. Right. Because I feel like the the generic smiley face has now got slightly negative connotations. It's almost of being passive aggressive. Passive aggressive, yeah. It's mm. like, smiley face. And like, you know, I don't really use it. Sometimes I use it by accident when I meant like grinning face or something. Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, then you're like, oh God, it's really, it's sort of slightly creepy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I know emojis are creepy. Um, number... Two, the one I use a lot is the smiling moon face, like the ah, yes. new moon smiling face, which yeah. is kind of a little unsettling, but I kind of like that. <laughs> it kind of means so many things. It's kind of like I'm waiting for an answer or like what I just said was a bit silly or <laughs> um, see you soon or I love you, moon face. Like <laughs> it kind of, moon face kind of encapsulates every feeling that we don't know how to say, you know? Okay. I never use that emoji. It's kind of a weird one. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think I've like sold it to many people being like, moon face, like, what does it mean? It's just like a new moon of possibility. Mm. So I use moon face a lot. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And even I couldn't say what it means. Like, It defies definition. It's one of those things that you have to use in context to be like... Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, moon face. And then number one, it's actually two com- emojis that you use combined to. I'll accept that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so composite. You composite. Mm, yeah. Mm, composite emojis. And you use the sheep emoji and then you use the gust of wind emoji afterwards and thus create a farting sheep. Well, you'll be pleased to know that in my phone, your name is saved as Sophie Farting Sheep. <sighs> a true form. <laughs> I mean, again, use a little, uh, out of context you know it can just mean like the person texts you i'm on my way cool farting sheep like it's an acknowledgement of mm. a text mm-hmm. also it's just like a good like hilarious like hey how are you farting sheep <laughs> you know it just it, just there's so much 
a gassy sheep can just like bring so much <laughs> to a message, right? So much gas. Yeah, so much gas. Life's a gas. Life's a gas. And it's wall-based for me, so... It's win-win. It's emojis, you know. That's emojis. <laughs> uh, well, I, for one, am intrigued and interested. I feel like we could do a top three emojis every week and they would be different most weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could say that about all sorts of things, but emojis specifically, I feel like, have quite a high turnover in, in terms of what my faves are. Right. At the moment... I will say my top three is, at number three, I like the two little paw prints. Mm -hmm. And they are used to mean, I'm on my way. Right. Into the paws! (laughs) (laughs) Similarly with the little feet, but I prefer the little paws because they're cute. You're like just dancing along the grass. Yeah, exactly. On my way! Um, So I, yeah, I'm a very big fan of that one. Um... That's about it, really. It has quite a concrete meaning for yeah. an emoji. It's not so uh, esoteric. My second favourite... Though, I feel like I need to look at my top used emoji. I mean, that's what I did. That's how you do this re- research. Official, yeah. Official research. Sorry. This is how uh, you make notes before an episode. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just, my, laughing, so I'm just laughing at my own emojis. <laughs> okay. The other ones I like uh, at the moment are both... Um, sort of face related ones mm-hmm. kind of traditional smiley face related ones one of one is the um the one that's got like a little monocle that looks like <gasps> quizzical that. and i used to always use the one that's got like a little uh hand stroking chin yeah. like hmm, let face. me think about that thank you face but now i've started using the monocle one for the same purpose because i just think it's more theatrical and funnier yeah. if you're like hmm i don't know Monocle face. I like doing like, that. Someone <laughs> sends a photo, you're like, hmm? Yeah, 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 exactly. I am investigating this. Uh, and I just, yeah, I think the theatricality of it, I find amusing. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's about it. Nice. And my very favourite, I think it's been my favourite since the get-go, since it was introduced. So I said my first emoji. Is the upside-down smiley face. <laughs> because... I just, I don't really know what it means. It means something like, duh. Yeah. Um, you know, I am a person who does silly things and says silly things quite frequently, in case you hadn't noticed. I think it's pretty good for the I'm running late scenario. Yeah. I'm a dumb dumb kind yeah. of thing. Like, oops, I'm silly. Sorry, I forgot something. Or yeah. I'm running late. Or I, I don't know. Yeah. Just all, all manner of, uh, slight things that you could have done wrong through your own slight silliness. Uh, I think it's kind of playful and funny. And also it's just like weird. It's like funny to look at. I just find it mm-hmm. in all ways amusing. And it kind of softens the, um, the like, oops, I did something wrong thing. Uh, but sometimes I just like to add it to the, I don't know. I just like it. I find yeah. it uh, encapsulates mm, me as a person. Well, emoji. There we go. Well, we hope you... Uh... Send us some emojis. <laughs> Sum up this podcast in a, an emoji and uh, <laughs> send it along. Um, well, we seem to be uh, drawing ever closer to the horizon, which uh, signals the end of this podcast on the ship. We sail across the sea of chat to our destination to of the, the end. The sandy shore mm-hmm. <laughs> of uh, where we will live for the next month until we record the next podcast yeah as always uh you guys know that you can keep in touch with us via the pom-pom blog where you'll get all the show notes of course there's the ravelry forums you can see everything we're doing there and of course all social media channels you know those guys the twitter and instagram etc etc facebook they're all great 
Um, if you have any feedback, of course, you can get in touch. If you want to send us something interesting saying, hey, why didn't you talk about this emoji? Or why isn't there more farting sheep on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> you can email us. We have an email address, which is podcast at pompommag.com. And then I guess we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Pomcast is produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott, with help from Eli Block, who created the original music for this show. For more Eli-related music, go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Thanks, as always, to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly. And thanks also to the whole Pom Pom team. You know who you are. Thanks to our sponsors, Work, and a big thank you to all your Pom Pom buyers, subscribers and listeners. You can buy your copy of the magazine and subscribe too at the online shop, pompommag.com forward slash shop. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and why not leave a review? Send any feedback or ideas to podcast at pompommag.com and don't forget to keep in touch with us via the podcast group on the Pom Pom Ravelry Forum. Pom Pom.